Hey, what's up, guys? It's Monique Madrid, your girl, after so long here in the heart of Little Havana Slam Radio Series XM Channel 145. Today, on this very special day, you'll be listening in to my special podcast, La Cinemo. For those who might not know what Cinemo is, obviously you wouldn't know because it's new and fresh. So basically, La Cinemo is where you'll be tuning in on your girl, me, of course, giving you reviews on all movies, a blast from the past, maybe into the future, you know, future trailers, new movies or upcoming, or maybe even your favorite moving picture will be featured. Maybe, there's a possibility, maybe not 50-50, more like one to 95. Maybe, maybe. So instead of reading it off of Rotten Tomatoes, you're here, here, live with me, the expert, of course. So to kick off this brand new, fresh and funky podcast, I'll be starting with the summer blockbuster remake of Candyman with director Jordan Peele. Sorry for any spoilers, if you haven't watched the film, you should have just watched the film. Everyone knows the myth of Candyman, of course. Say his name five times and he'll appear, haunt you and taunt you till murders you. You'll see our curious teens say his name out of curiosity, or maybe even ignorance at this point. But once that man appears, it's no more fun and games. It's you playing with your life. Risk your own life. You won't hear me say his name. I'm just saying his name because I have to, I'm forced to, but there is no mirrors around me. I promise you, there's nothing reflecting that will catch my image and he'll pop up. No, I have my phone face down, computer off. <laughs> it amazes me that after nearly 30 years, Jordan Peele was able to make all the 90 kids and anyone practically who's watched the movie relive the fear of this man. The Seaman. I'm not going to say his name anymore. I'm terrified now because I see that there's a window behind me and I see my reflection. So I'm kind of scared. But yeah, his creativity is just so astonishing to me. Like, I absolutely love Jordan Peele's, all his movies, like Get Out and, you know, um, the other movie, um, Us. Beautiful movie. I loved both. And I love how he incorporates society problems into his movies the society problems that us people as a whole look over and don't really pay mind to it movie is just so hair raising you are literally at the edge of your seat i expected more jump scares but just the way he described the movie and just the narrator it was just so beautiful like it gave you that sense of suspense and thriller which scared the heck out of me i kid you not i'm a horror movie fanatic watching that movie made me so scared and the first one i was just like oh you know it's not that scary it's just a movie but the second one oh my god i wanted to cry i was the only 17 year old in that theater literally about to cry and no movie has ever made me want to cry but that movie made me want to cry the way he described the whole scenes and the gore and just everything the moving pictures, oh my God. I felt like a five-year-old and I wanted to run to my mom's room. I wanted to scream and cry and tell my mom, there's a man under my bed and there's another man in my mirror. The film is just so good to me, it literally left me on the edge of my seat. Maybe it'll leave you on the edge of your seat, but it was just so good. Throughout the movie, 
you see like Easter eggs and small appearances of the original Candyman. Oh, I said his name. I take it back. Please don't cover me. But yes, the Seaman is shown throughout the movie. Like the mirrors, of course, and the glass windows. You see his reflection. It was just so good. And you think like, oh, why were they showing this scene? Like, I don't get the purpose or, you know, the meaning of the scene. Why is the camera so like zoomed into it? Why is it waiting so long? And you'll see that man just standing in the corner. Oh, my God. It literally scares me. And I'm the type of person to watch the whole screen, not just a little portion or, you know, where the camera's pointing. No, I check the whole surrounding because the little things I catch. The bigger things sometimes I'll catch, but the little things count. They matter. They add more meaning into the film. And that was, and that is what scared me the most because I'm just thinking, oh, it's just, you know, a scene of the grass or, you know, a scene of the, you know, the city of Chicago. No, Candyman is right there looking at you. And it just feels like he's looking directly at you. So you're just like, oh, my bejesus. Why are you staring at me like that? And trust me, I'm a horror fanatic, just like I said before. But that movie made me feel so paranoid throughout the whole day when I went to my car I wanted to cry because I felt like this man was gonna come out in the back of my seat and tell me you've been saying my name I'm gonna get you and that scared me it made me almost terrified me the main character is Anthony McCoy a visual artist who lives in Chicago home of the bean of course with his girlfriend and art gallery director Brianna Cartwright now it starts off with them you know hanging out with her brother her brother briefly brings up the story of Candyman, not the original but the victim helen lily who was possessed by Candyman in the original movie if you know who this lady is oh my god she scared me more than the original Candyman. i'm sorry i'm saying his name so much i am terrified at this point but that lady was so creepy to me and she was just a beautiful photographer living with well her cheating husband but she was just living her life she heard about his story and boom she came so obsessed with it she became him it's just so scary and then the bees oh my god don't get me started that terrifies me i hate bees so much because of him and just because they sting us but still don't say well yes save the bees but still very scary to me so as Brianna's brother is telling him the story, you know, briefly telling them the story about the seaman, Anthony just becomes so captivated by the story. Like, he's just, wow, like, ugh, he's going to be my inspiration now. And, you know, he starts looking around, you know, hearing about this man until he comes along this laundromat and he meets this man who tells him about Candyman and his story and I just simply love the fact that they actually bring up racial, you know, accusations against the original Candyman. Because if you don't know the story, Candyman was beat to death by policemen because one little girl accused him of putting razors in her candy when he was just, you know, a good old man just giving candy to the kids. Who wouldn't want free candy? And I know what you're going to say, stranger danger, but he was just really, he just really had good intentions of just giving these kids candy. But no, obviously, a little girl, I'm not going to say what, you know, where she comes from, 
accuses him and they kill this man and the laundromat guy the owner knows this story so well because he's seen it happen he saw Candyman get beat up by the cops which sucks because he was just a good old man just giving candy so the laundromat owner brings up Helen and we know her horror appearance oh my god after being obsessed with the seaman so she sacrificed herself in the fire and even tried to sacrifice a baby like a baby I get it you know sacrifice a pure and innocent soul but a baby I'm sorry that's very scary to me very eerie hair raising to me and here's a spoiler sorry like I said before you should have just watched the film we learned that the reason Anthony became so attached to the seaman is because he was the baby from the original movie that Helen was trying to sacrifice. Trust me, I was like, bombshell. Like, what? I did not know this. This was so good. That's what I love about Jordan Peele. He snapped on this movie. And throughout the film, we literally see Anthony slowly being devoured by the spirit of Daniel Ribitile, which is the original seaman. But we see, you know, the gore, the bumps being eaten up by those bees. I'm sorry. I hate bees because of him. He, he, I, I fear him. I fear him. He is my nightmare. And I'm not scared of anything. No heights, sharks, snakes, nothing. Candyman? Yes. Terrified. Oh, I keep saying his name. I apologize. I am terrified. As Anthony is literally being devoured by him, we see him literally slashing and killing who speaks of his reborn name so we see a lot of his girlfriend's friends just getting (coughs) sliced and it's just so ignorant of them like if you don't believe in you know the seaman don't say his name don't be an ignorant fool and say his name in the mirror or anything that reflects your reflection like are you serious like even if it's a myth i wouldn't even do it because i'm just like oh wow you know it's a myth and myths don't come out of thin air because of you know people just making a folktale like no it's based on a true story maybe a little you know white lies but it's an actual story based on something you cannot play around with that you can play with your life but i'm never ever gonna play around with a myth like that especially the seaman but of course no serial killer will be left to roam freely they end Anthony's life by police coming and murdering him in cold blood by false accusations as the original seaman was while his girlfriend was kidnapped by the laundromat owner because he wanted to spread the word of Candyman. like sir do you not care about other people's life stop being so weird but Of course, the actual villain, the laundromat owner, is killed and Anthony's girlfriend rebirths the seaman, who is now Anthony, by calling him by his reborn name. And Anthony comes back with his posses of bees and seeks revenge by slaughtering the evil cops who killed him in cold blood. What's actually so good about this scene is that the original seaman is now in Anthony's reflection and his voice is closing the movie as he asks the audience. Not me, but the other people in the audience to spread his name. We must, must, and I emphasize the must, give Jordan Peele his flowers for his visual thinking of bringing the seaman alive and having everyone relive the fear of this man. Like, come on, guys. That movie? Scary.
and his way of being able to tell his story in a new modern time era for future generations can know and spread the word of Seaman was just astonishing. I love Jordan Peele. That movie was just bomb.com. And when we come back from this brief commercial break, I'll speak more in depth about the original Seaman and how it all ties in together on the other side here at Slam Radio Series XM Channel 145. Good morning, amigo. Now, the the bullpen emptied out, right? What's like, that all about? Okay, but this this is what I'm thinking. Do you think in the bullpen, like, there's a guy who holds the door? Like, you know how, like, airborne rangers, like, they jump out of a plane? Do you think there's a guy holding the door, like, go, 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 as all of them run out? And then he's the last one who runs out after them? Like, I wonder if there's a guy. Probably the best sprinter, too. Right. Catch up to the team. Right, because you figure they're all eating seeds, just hanging out. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we got to go. And I just picture one guy holding the door going, go, go, go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to noon, only on Slam Radio Sirius XM 145. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Now, the the bullpen emptied out, right? What's like, that all about? Okay, but this, this is what I'm thinking. Do you think in the bullpen, like, there's a guy who holds the door? Like, you know how, like, airborne rangers, like, they jump out of a plane? Do you think there's a guy holding the door, like, go, 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 as all of them run out? And then he's the last one who runs out after them? Like, I wonder if there's a guy. Probably the best sprinter, too. Right. Catch up to the team. Right, because you figure they're all eating seeds, just hanging out. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we got to go. And I just picture one guy holding the door, going, go, go, go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to noon, only on Slam Radio Sirius XM 145. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. And the Dwayne, do you see the Dwayne Wade curse? 16 guys that he traded jerseys with are now on different teams. <laughs> His, his, all the jerseys he collected last year are throwbacks already. <laughs> it's like Paul George, I think AD, Paul George, uh, Trent, uh, Rozier. Let me, I'll think of them, bro. Morris with that. Kemba Walker. I'm at five already. Jimmy Butler, six. I'm going to get to 16. <laughs> Who else? Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to noon, only on Slam Radio Sirius XM 145. Welcome back on the other side of La Cinema with your girl Monique right here on Slam Radio Series XM Channel 145. As I was speaking of the Seaman, you'll sit and wonder how did it all start? How did it all lead to where the remake ends? Who was the Seaman before he was taken over this long overdue curse? So, I'll explain to you the original 1992 version. It starts off another curious lady, Helen Lai a graduate student who learns about the urban legend of Candyman. She takes on a special project about a recent murder and learns from people around the scene who believes it's tied to the Seaman. 
And it's crazy that, you know, if you're around the scene, you know exactly who did it. But nobody want to take on the snitch part or, you know, the position of being a snitch or being seen as a snitch. So everybody just keeps their mouth shut. And then they'll come around and be like, hey, you know, Fulano did this and that. And, you know, of course, they're not going to say it up front. But to the small people in the groups, within the group, they'll definitely tell you who did it. Helen and her friend, Bernadette worked together on this project on how Cabrini Green residents use the cement legend to cope with hardship. She also meets Anne Marie McCoy, a single mother raising her infant son. This is where it all ties in, ladies and germs. Her son is Anthony McCoy, our protagonist in the second film. This is where the spoiler had came in. On my first segment, this is where it came in. I was just like, oh. When you see the first one, you'll be like, oh, you know, just a baby. But when you see the second film, you're like, oh, my God, you're the baby. (laughs) We also get a slight appearance of his mother during the remake. So don't worry. They're both a part of the movie. Some little bits and parts of it. But anyways... Candyman was born in the late 1800s as the son of a slave, grew up to become a well-known artist. After he fell in love with and fathered a child with a white woman, her father sent a lynch mob after him. Because he was being a good father to his woman, a white woman, they had a child together. He did what he had to do. He did what had to be done into fathering and loving the mother of his child, and also his child. After the mob caught up with our man, Seaman, they cut off his right hand and smear him with honeycomb stolen from an apiary, attracting bees that stung him to death. His corpse burned in a priory, and his ashes scattered across the land on which Cabrini Green was eventually built. Just because he was being a father and he loved his woman, he was killed. But no, of course, it's the race card. You can't see a biracial couple just being a happy family loving each other. His story is absolutely so sad to me because he was just being a good father to his son or to his child, you know? I'm not too sure what was the gender of the baby, but I'm pretty sure it was a son. But he was punished for it. It's like beyond me. It's crazy how there's so much hatred to one race. Just because he had a black father and a white mother, you can't have a biracial couple because you'll get lynched for it. And it was so funny to me that it was just the men who were punished. The women were just like, you know, like stop on the wrist because of their skin complexion, which is so bizarre to me because it takes two to tango. Hello, it takes two people to fall in love and it takes two people to, you know, have a kid. So, and trust me, people, I'm feminist, but it's just, it just sucks to me that the men only go out, not even the men. It's just all about race. It's literally about race. It could have been a black woman and they could have killed her. And the white man just gets a slap on the wrist. Or, you know, they play the, I didn't know, or I was forced to card. Which is bizarre to me. But anyways, the show must go on. Let's not get off track here. As the story goes on, 
A copycat attacks Helen, and of course, he's stopped and appointed as the criminal responsible for all the recent murders, which were tied to Candyman, but of course, they need an actual culprit. But, of course, it's all false, because the Seaman is very much real, folks. He's an actual living spirit. Don't test him. You know this. We all know this. The 90 kids know me. We know this. He's very much real. Very much gave us nightmares. Very much so. But the real Candyman appears to Helen in a parking garage and hypnotizes her. He explains that she has discredited his legend and he must shed blood. Innocent blood. Not just any blood. Innocent blood to perpetuate it. Helen thinks that she blacks out. This whole time she's being hypnotized, but she thinks she blacks out and wakes up in Anne-Marie's apartment. But what's so crazy to me, she wakes up covered in blood. And Anne-Marie comes home, and she finds her pet Rottweiler decapitated. And her son, Anthony, stolen. Obviously, she's confused, and she's a mother, and she's just frustrated. She goes and attacks Helen. And then the police obviously come and arrest Helen because she was the only person at the scene covered in blood. Like, come on. You see somebody at your house waking up covered in blood, your dog is dead, and your son is missing. Of course you're going to go crazy on that female or male. You know? You're just going to go crazy on them. Like, what the heck? Where's my son? What the heck? What did the dog do? Like, what did the dog do? Like, what, what was the purpose of decapitating the dog? Like, he was just a dog, you know, just there being a dog. <laughs> But of course, Trevor, Helen's husband, bails her out of jail. Helen finds the Candyman in a photographic slide taken at Cabrini's Green. He appears inside Helen's apartment and cuts her neck, causing her to bleed out and pass out. That scene is so horrifying to me. It's the bathroom scene, guys. Oh my God. I kid you not, when I would brush my teeth, I would literally cover my mirror. I was so terrified by him. Like, literally... I watched the second film, of course, and I say his name sometimes. I only say it when I'm trying to refer to him because sometimes people be like, what's the C-man? What's the C-man? It's the C-A-N-D-Y man. I'm going to spell it out. There's no mirrors, guys. I made sure there's no mirrors and there's no windows. I have my phone completely off. I'm just brainstorming out here. You know, it's just, he, scared, he just terrifies me. He really does, though. As homegirl passes out, her friend Bernadette comes into the apartment and when Helen wakes up after passing out, she sees that Candyman killed homegirl. She killed her friend. Literally, <coughs> literally, that scene, ew. He kills her. And, you know, Helen's just like, oh, my God, again, another murder that she wakes up. And it looks like she's being framed again. It's just crazy. This Candyman situation with Helen, I feel sorry for her because she just wanted to be a metiche nosy and learn about Candyman, you know. But she did discredit homeboy, obviously. I'll get upset like, girl, don't try me. I will still kill you. <laughs> but of course, Candyman is not going to take fault for his actions of killing these people. He frames Helen. Helen is sedated. Literally, she's confused. Her friend is just literally killed by Candyman. So she's sedated, and she's taken to a psychiatric hospital. But, which is so crazy to me, he frames her just to help her escape the hospital, which is so weird. 
And then as he's doing that, he kills another person. I think it was a doctor. And he frames her for another murder. Like, girl, just stay. Like, don't follow this man. Just leave him be. Let him kill on his own. Like, stay in the hospital. You know, let these people think what they got to think, you know. Just do it to survive. No more chasing after this man, please. But, of course, she follows him. Doesn't use her common sense. She follows him into his lair and finds him with Anthony. And he says he'll only release Anthony if she surrenders and is offered immortality. The Candyman promises to release Anthony if Helen helps him strike fear into Cabrini's green residence to feed his legend. He starts a bonfire while holding Anthony and Helen are there. They're stuck in it. Helen dies while saving Anthony. She's a real G. She paid for her consequences of following this man's ongoing urban legend, and she saves an innocent soul. She was the innocent blood. She wouldn't have rather it been Anthony, who's just a baby, literally. A baby. Not even a toddler. Baby. Pampers. Not even walking. So Anne-Marie, of course, Anthony's mom, and the other residents pay their respect at Helen's funeral. Trevor, desperate and grieving, filled with guilt because after a month of being in the psychiatric, you know, hospital, he was cheating on her with a student because he was a professor. But homeboy, like, what is wrong with you? Your wife or your girlfriend, you know, is stuck and you want to move on. Like, you didn't even give her a heads up. Like, you could have given her a heads up. Like, hey, I'm leaving you. Not. It's just crazy. He moved in within a month. Literally a month. I mean, you know, whatever floats your boat, but literally a month. Relax. That fake relationship was going to fail anyways. But he looks in the mirror and says Helen's name five times. Where she comes vengefully. Her spirit appears and kill him. That's right. Kill him. Who told him to cheat? Kill him, Amanda. Mm, I would have done the same thing, girl. I'm sorry. I would have done the same thing. But... This is hypothetical. Of course, I'm not going to actually kill a person. Do do I look like I want a dirty record? No. My record is squeaky clean. I don't have a parking ticket, folks. I am a good noodle. But with Helen now being the new seaman, a new mural of Helen dressed in white with her hair ablaze appears in Candyman's lair. And folks, this is where the story ends, but another begins. It's only fair if I give a round of applause to our director, Bernard Rose, for scaring the 90 kids and the old farts who love this movie more than they do the remakes. Thanks for tuning in on this special episode of La Cinema with Monique on Slam Radio Series XM Channel 145. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, it, look, if they pick up two nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It does. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. See, that sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
Good Morning Amigos. When they remade it, it was with women eight. and eight women, which I don't, I didn't buy that. There's no way you can commit a crime with eight women. Explain your logic. Listen, first of all, eight women cannot get that organized to commit a crime. You know that two of them are going to, like... they are more organized than men. No, because two of them are going to veer off and talk crap about the other six. And then, like, one of them will be like, are you really going to wear that to this crime? You know that that's going to happen for sure. <laughs> all right. Women get results, don't they? Yeah, but not a group of eight. Oh, no. Group of eight is a bachelorette party, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> and what have they gotten accomplished? Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to noon, only on Slam Radio Sirius XM 145. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. No, I don't think you should root for any other no, team. There's you no should, other team. Right, you root for your team. So you don't have now with this new free agency, you don't have another team you look at through the corner of your eye. Almost the Jennifer Lopez in your life where you say, wow, she's hot. Not mine, but she's hot. Like, I consider the Heat Jennifer Lopez, so I don't need to look anywhere because I have Jennifer Lopez. So the Heat or your Jennifer Right, Lopez. or whichever, your Kate Upton, if you like Kate Upton. Whatever floats your boat. Exactly. It's going to be an interesting season. Which team is Madonna? The New York Knicks. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to noon, only on Slam Radio Sirius XM 145.